Saul Levy's expression was remarkably composed given his circumstances. His head had been severed from his body six hours earlier. By the time a Tulsa police officer discovered Levy's predicament, the steel fence post the head now called home had turned from army green to a sticky shade of maroon. The early morning June sun did little to diminish the chill experienced by an assortment of police personnel as they cordoned off the parking area behind Levy's pawn shop. The swarming press contingent was exuberant. After being thoroughly photographed by the Tulsa Crime Lab team, approximately seven pounds of Saul Levy was placed in a body bag, the small one designed for a child, and transported to the Tulsa morgue. For obvious reasons, a full autopsy would have to wait. A homicide detective located the larger piece of Levy within the hour. Mr. Levy, a widower, lived alone in a secluded area west of Tulsa. The body was found on the floor of Levy's two-car garage next to an ancient Mercedes. By 9 a.m., the ghastly details of Saul Levy's demise were being broadcast by every Tulsa radio and television station. Saul Levy, well-known local businessman, has been murdered. Mr. Levy, shown here at a party celebrating his 66th birthday last month, is survived by two daughters. Tulsa police are withholding details surrounding Mr. Levy's death pending investigation. However, reliable sources report he was decapitated in his West Tulsa home last night. And by noon the same day, CNN began showing helicopter film footage of the gruesome sentinel posted in the pawn shop parking lot. It remained CNN's top story until 3 p.m. when the levy footage was dethroned by a film of a pit bull battling an alligator in the front yard of a Florida home. In the initial hours of the investigation, the Tulsa police decided to withhold two important pieces of information regarding the pawnbroker's death. First, crime scene footprints indicated two persons had held levy down and cut off his head with a tree pruning saw. The bloody snow angel left on the floor by the old man's flailing arms and legs made it clear he was alive when the sawing process began. Second, the police chose not to reveal what they found when they searched the area behind the pawn shop. Less than two feet from the bloody fence post where Saul Levy's head had been impaled, they found a gold coin. The valuable coin, blackened by Levy's dried blood, dated back to the Civil War. Jesus H. Christ, Claude Applewhite, the senior detective on the case, grunted as he read the section of the preliminary forensic report that gave details about the gold coin. The detective sat for a moment. Hey, Ben, he called across the room to his partner. Who do we know knows anything about gold coins? Saul Levy, Ben shot back. That's real damn funny, Benny boy, Applewhite snarled. The lab guys say the coin's worth big money. They've got a book down there that tells how many of them were minted and what they're worth, depending on their condition. So what's it say about this one? Detective Applewhite said. Book says the coin's worth five to seven thousand bucks retail to a coin collector. According to the lab boys, the coin is a larger Indian headdress type 1861D. They say it could be worth even more than 7K, depending on the condition. Is there any way to trace it? Who owned it last? Detective Applewhite asked. Nope, there's no serial number or anything, just the date minted. Well, let's get this out in the system, 
find out if any more of these coins have been turning up. Also, let's start putting together a list of area coin dealers. Maybe we'll get lucky. A hundred miles west of Tulsa, a late-model GMC pickup pulled into the parking lot of the Lariat. That's his truck over there, Mike Bishop said, nodding toward the mud-splattered Chevy four-wheel drive parked near the front of the bar. The big German in the passenger seat grinned. This guy must have been tough to locate. The conspicuous Z-71 was equipped with huge off-road tires and an Oklahoma vanity license plate that read Mudweiser. A camouflage-painted Honda four-wheeler was strapped securely in the back of the bright orange pickup. Bishop chuckled, but Carl knew his friend had a special passion about this sort of assignment. 